Today we're talking about how to make better bait. So if you want to know how to catch bigger fish for your email list, you gotta know what bait to use. Let's jump in. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hey there, Christy Hostler here, and today we are talking about how do you get started and what sort of bait do you throw out there to begin collecting those email addresses. Now, in our last episode, we talked extensively about the important metric of email collection and how downloads really mean nothing. They're a vanity metric and email opt-ins is what you should be counting. So I hope you're on board with that and you've realized why it's so important. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it because it's full of all the justification and all the reasons that you need to ignore everything and every other number besides your email opt-in. So so where do you begin when you really want to get people to start opting into your email list. And there's tons of different ways that you can do this. And we're not even talking about, you know, hard parts of email marketing. We're simply talking about what can you create that is highly desirable by your niche? And can you trade it for their email address? Is it valuable enough to them? So here's what I would recommend anyone do. And this is kind of where I start whenever I start creating lead magnets. If you look at your niche, and if you are, whether you are an expert in your niche, or whether you are the avatar for your podcast, in other words, many people create a podcast to sort of uh, scratch their own itch. So they're, they are the avatar of the ideal listener for their show. So either of those positions give you insight into the problems that are most often occurring within your niche. Now, my niche is podcasters. So with podcasters, I know because I'm in tons of Facebook groups for podcasters. I have tons of clients because I deal with podcasters all the time. And I know what emails they're sending me. And I know what questions they're asking me. I see what questions are being put into the Facebook groups. So when I look, and let's just go ahead and narrow it to the top three issues. What are the top three issues that your niche is having? If I apply that to podcasters, most podcasters If they've got a podcast out there, their next thing is, how do I grow my audience? But as we talked about in our last email, that's actually sort of a sub-question, around-the-bend way of saying, how do I monetize my podcast? Because the reason they're wanting to grow is so that they can figure out how to make money from this thing. So that is audience growth and podcast monetization are some of the biggest problems. Now, another problem that kind of is a subheading under podcast monetization is how do I get sponsors for my show? 
And that is not at all what this podcast is about. So <laughs> people that are wanting to get uh, podcast uh, money and revenue through sponsorships uh, probably are, are going to be looking for other resources, not mine, because it's not that I hate sponsors. I think that's a great part of revenue, but not the only way to monetize. And my goal is to show you how to monetize in a way that is most valuable to you and is a way that is going to get you the revenue you need for your podcast. So those big three questions, besides the other ones, and whenever I narrow my niche down, I'm not talking about any podcast. Some, you know, some podcasts are like, oh, how do I name my podcast? Or, you know, I can't set up my RSS feed. There's all these little technical things, but that's not what I'm worried about. I want to know for my niche, what are their biggest problems? And it's how to monetize. How do you know when you can monetize? what ways do you monetize, you know? And so I'm looking at all those different questions, problems that my niche is constantly asking. People are asking me in my email and I'm typing out and banging out answers to them. And many times what I'm banging out as an answer could be a very valuable lead magnet if I shared it with my community and my client base and and that sort of thing. So If you look around, and you might even start using the Google and go in and start Googling um, problems for uh, people with whatever your niche is, infertility, people that need to lose weight, people that want to build a uh, beehive, (laughs) I don't know, whatever your niche is, what are the problems they're having? Find out what, use Google, find out what issues they're having, what comes up is the most frequently uh, questioned uh, resources that, that are out there. What are people asking? What questions are they asking into Google? And what can you determine? Because if you can find out what three big problems that your niche has, and you can create something that is highly desirable, you are completely on your way to being able to capture as many email opt-ins as you want. So, The framework for this, the framework for basically getting better bait to catch better fish is number one, through research, through experience, through surveys, through whatever you have access to and as creative as you can get, find out what the top three problems in your niche are. Top three questions, top three issues they're having. Once you find out what those top three are, I want you to go to Google anyway and start typing in that question into Google. How do I, and then whatever, solve to solve the problem of one of those top three problems. You're going to research all three of these top three problems. What you want to do is you want to see what is already out there. What is already being offered? What are things that people are giving away already? So what you, your goal is, the second piece of the framework, is to find the one problem out of the top three that is the most underserved or underrepresented on the internet. And you're going to take one of those top three problems and you're going to find the one that has the least solutions or the least mentions, so to speak, on Google. And you are going to begin to tackle 
that subject. Maybe you need to research and figure out how to solve that problem. Maybe you know how to solve that problem. Maybe you can start conducting your own experiments about how to solve this problem. What should you do if you have this problem? Maybe you can begin with your Facebook people that you are friends with on Facebook and ask them, how many of you are this type of person, whatever the niche is, and have this problem? Has anybody been able to solve it? What are you doing? Get some ideas, get some tips, get some, get some uh, feedback. So you begin creating a solution, a resource that is going to be the solution for this niche, for this problem within this niche. So part of the framework one is to identify the top three problems, top three pain points for your niche. Number two, figure out using Google and other research methods, which of those three is the most underrepresented on the internet. And num- and the next issue that you're on the next part of the framework is creating a resource that will be highly sought after by your audience. So you're basically trying to stack the numbers in your favor, right? Because you're taking something that's one of the top three problems that they have. And you're looking at the data that's existing right now in the whole of the internet. And you are finding the one that is statistically underrepresented. Or let's just say it might be full of, you know, the, the representation of solutions might be full of crap or something like that. And you don't agree with them. And then you're creating a solution, a resource. Now, when I say a resource, a resource can be a bunch of different things. A resource can be something as simple as a checklist. Is your home being poisoned by these chemicals without you even knowing it? Here are the checklist of the 10 most highly toxic, reactive, whatever you want to call it, cleaning products or chemicals that are found in homes today that you don't even know are poisoning you, right? So then you have these 10, basically the hit list to get rid of these things, right? You share them in the checklist. It could be a white paper. It could be a video series. Maybe you do something where it's very visually stimulating or they need to be able to see it in order to solve the problem how to do this that or the other if I was uh you know building a beehive I don't know why bees are in my brain today but if I were building a beehive you might might be a good idea for me to show you a uh, video of it or maybe there is a pattern or a template maybe if I was going to show you how to build a beehive maybe it'd be a good idea if I gave you a template So you can cut out all your parts and pieces and know what you're building. Apply these things to your niche. What is it that you can give the resource? Maybe it's a video. Maybe it's a PDF. It could be a one of the um, lead magnets that I have for a client of mine that we build funnels for is, and they're in the green, green type space, but it's a checklist of all the systems in your home And it tells you when you are on just any given basis, anytime, whenever you are upgrading or or changing things out, 
what to look for. And it goes through each system of your house. It goes through your air. It goes through your heating. It goes through your appliances. It goes through the, you know, roof. It goes, talks about your, uh, the envelope of your house. It goes through all these different things, but it tells you what type of products to, when you're remodeling, you're going to upgrade to, or when you're repairing, what you're going to be looking for and ways to make that the most environmentally friendly choice you can make with those systems. And it could be as simple as, you know, painting. You need to choose, you know, no VOC paints or whatever. So these are the the things that this knowledge that you have about your niche can be applied to so many different ways. There are some clients that have a specialty, whether you are a, maybe you're a health practitioner or you're a private practice um, clinician of some sort. And, you know, maybe you are having to create a checklist of uh, top 10 activities to do to get your children uh, to reduce their screen time or something like that and how you're replacing their screen time with some other activities that are just as fun or other projects. So there's just a ton of things that you can do. Use the internet, use Facebook, use YouTube, use all these internet digital resources to figure out how people are sort of solving the niches problem. How are they meeting the needs of the people that are in their audience. And that's what you're looking for. So you want to create the highly prized resource. And honestly, if there are multiple aspects of this, create as many of these as you can, because it's not a bad thing to have more than one opt-in. I'm not saying you want to put more than one opt-in in a particular podcast episode, but having these as a resource basically means that if I'm a of uh, my one of my problems is uh, as a business owner is taxes, and you're uh, addressing the niche for me. It might be that one of my things is a checklist about all the business expenses that I can deduct from my taxes if I know what they are. So you give me a checklist, but it also might mean that um, you might do a small video course on how to know if you should be an LLC, uh, a corporation, an S corp, a C corp, a B corp, whatever you want to be. Um, and, and there's a, you know, so there's a bunch of different things and different aspects that you can uh, reliably know you're going to get questions about from your audience and you can create multiple of these offers. Then the last part of the framework is taking it to your audience and taking it to your audience is going to be something you can do in your website you're going to be able to do in your podcast. Pitch it to your podcast audience. Right now, I only recommend one call to action per episode. And for me, like, you know, right now, I'll tell you about come joining our Facebook group because I want to grow my Facebook group so that I can have people in there that are sort of the brain trust of how to monetize podcasts so we can talk about it. We can get people some results. We can share experiences. We can look at what other people are doing and we can say, you know, hey, I threw out this offer and I was surprised at how many people took it. And other people might say, oh, that would be great for me to do with my audience. So I want to create this community and that's my call to action right now. Okay. But you want one call to action per episode. But one of your calls to action should be a pitch for whatever it is. You know, the top 10 foods to eat if you are experiencing gas and bloating. <laughs> I don't know what it, you know, anything in your niche, whatever the problem is, 
checklist, PDFs, resource guide. It might even be a cu- you're curating content from other people. Maybe it's your recommendations of all of the professional help that people should get for these these things. And they know you're a reliable source of information and who you trust, they should trust too. So maybe you've curated a list. Maybe it's the top, let's just say for me, maybe it's the top videos on YouTube that show how to monetize your podcast in very ethical ways. So it doesn't have to be all your content. You can be curating content. You can be creating content. And I would encourage you to think outside the box. Like, what can you do for your audience? Maybe your audience needs, you know, you to sort of be the human guinea pig and you to be the experimenter. You know, maybe it needs to, you know, you're one of those people that needs to say, I'm going to go on no sugar diet for seven days and see what happens and document it. So then in your niche, if one of the problems people have is getting off sugar, you can give them your case study of your real life experience of going seven days without being on sugar and document your mood swings and document what happened to your body and how you felt and what the results were, all these different things. So you you can really kind of go as creative as you want, because the more things that you have to put out there for your audience, it's all about getting them to opt in for your email list. So when you throw out one thing and it doesn't work, you want to try something else. Maybe your audience responds to that. You never know what could like, if you think about it, what could you create to give to your audience for free? Maybe you know what, maybe it's a, just a daily affirmation that you send them on email every day or text message or whatever, and you're providing something for them, but they're going to opt into your email for it. So don't let uh, your mind get stuck in, in certain, you know, you can only be a checklist, it can only be a PDF, it can only be this, that, or the other, this, that, or the other, you want to be as creative as you possibly can and figure out a way that however you are wanting to meet the needs of your audience, you're going to be able to do it in a way that gets their email opt-in so that you can then continue building on what serves them and you can begin creating products and services and groups and support to your audience around their biggest problems. That's when you know you've tapped into something. So if you start by looking at their problems, identifying the top three problems in the niche, then figure out which one of those is the most underserved and underrepresented on the internet, create a highly desirable, let's call it a lead magnet. It can be a checklist, a PDF, a video, a a curated resources. It can be access to something. Maybe you give a talk to, um, you know, certain groups or something like that, and you're always going out and giving this talk, maybe it's giving them access to your talk that they would never have a chance to go to because they wouldn't be in your local area. What do you have that's a value that helps meet their needs? Give them access and get their email in exchange for that access. And when you find that something works well for your audience, go gangbusters and keep creating more. Get more granular, Dive deep, deep, deep. Use 
yourself, use your experiences, whatever you can do to create for that audience. And pretty soon you become consumed with how can I better serve my audience? And what's going to happen is you're going to be a better podcaster when what is at the forefront of your mind is how can I better serve my audience so that I can meet their needs. And if all you do is figure out ways to serve your audience and then create the products and services that you can charge them for in order to meet their needs, that's what people will pay for. You don't have to give all this stuff away. You're creating so that you can figure out what resonates with your niche. And when you find it and when you strike, you know, it's almost like when you when you throw out a bait and all of a sudden you're catching fish with that bait, then you want to double down on it. You want to throw more out there and catch even more. And then maybe you've got now you've got so many fish. Now you say, you know what, we need to start forming groups with these fish. And maybe we need to start, uh, you know, seeing are there, you know, do you want a, a a weekly or monthly call with a certain group. Well, if you're leading that and you're facilitating that, what would people pay to be able to get access to that call and that information? Maybe they'd pay $10 a month or $9.99 a month or whatever it is to be able to be on that call. What if you had 100 people that are paying $9.99 to be able to have access to a monthly call with you? Would that be a bad thing? If I'm doing my math right, that's just a $1,000 of passive income, right? It's not passive. Let's just say $1,000 of monthly income. Nothing's passive because you're doing the work for it. But I'm just saying, wouldn't that be a good baseline to start? There's so many ways you can do this. And I don't want you to feel like there's a one way and it's a right way and it's a wrong way. And you can do whatever works for your audience. And part of you going deep with this lead magnet thing to begin collecting email opt-ins is figuring out what your audience resonates with. Figuring out what problems they are willing to pay to get you to help solve for them. And part of that starts with you breaking off a little piece of that and throwing it out as a lead magnet for free and getting their email address. So what can you create? What can you do? You can have, I mean, even honestly, if you think about it, a lead magnet doesn't always have to be a piece of content. You can collect emails. Maybe there's something in your niche where you could create a quiz around right? And, you know, those quizzes that go viral on the internet and everyone's taking them and, you know, how to tell if you're truly from the South or whatever it is. And they answer these 10 questions and then it has to do something to get the results to you. It has to send you an email. So then you get your email, you get the results. So there's a lot of ways that you can get email collection or you can get email addresses from somebody and you can collect them. So, Go creative, go be creative, go think about it, go deep dive into the research. The framework is simple and the framework will serve you again and again and again. And then just go as deep as you can on each one of these problems. And as the problems in your niche shift or the problems in your audience shift, then you shift with it and go meet the next need that comes up. And figure out what it's going to take. So that's the framework that you follow. I see a lot of people, you know, putting an opt-in for a newsletter and that sort of thing. But that doesn't tell me anything. 
great. Maybe it's great that you have a newsletter, but give me something. Give me something in exchange for my email because I'm going to take that little bonus and I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to help my life. I'm going to help my family. I'm going to solve a problem for me. And if I do that and you help me do that, then I'm going to keep coming back for your content. And then maybe the next time I'm not getting just getting the free thing, maybe I'm getting something that you're selling and I'll give you a little bit of money and then maybe some more money. And just depending on how you continue meeting my needs and improving my life, before you know it, I could become your next super fan, right? And the hyper consumers of the the products that you create. So just think about it and figure out, go by the framework. Um, it's it's easy to put everything that we're doing into frameworks and each one of these little things, these little segments that we're talking about on these podcast episodes are going to have a framework associated with them because I'm convinced if you can learn the framework for any of these, then you'll be able to apply it into your business and your podcast. So hope you got the framework. Now you've got some work to do. You've got to find out what the three, t- three problems are that you need to solve You need to find out what one of the three, you might even have all three of the three that are not being well served by other people, your peers within your niche. If that's the case, create three different lead magnets and go begin offering them. You can put them out on social media to offer to people. You can put them out on your podcast to offer to people. You can put on your website as an opt-in. There's no shortage. You could even... Go to other groups and say, hey, hey, I have you know other group owners. I have this resource. If anybody in your group wants it, it's free. I'll give it to them. And you will. Just need to know where to send it. So this is the start of focusing on numbers that really matter. And that's your email opt-ins and not downloads. Go create those lead magnets. When you get yours ready or if you have questions about it, jump on over into the group. Come join us at Podcast Monetization Secrets Group on Facebook. We're there. We're geeking out on monetizing your podcast all the time. So come and join us. Come show us your lead magnet. Show us what you're doing. Show us what you're thinking about offering your audience in exchange for their email. And we'll be glad to give you any feedback, any ideas. Try to get creative with you. So join us for the next episode. And in the meantime, jump into our Facebook group, Podcast Monetization Secrets on Facebook. You guys have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.